Hello. You are listening to the audio version of the article, The Challenges of Reskilling Workforces, Part 1. We, that is the domestic industries in general, have a problem. It is a problem that has been growing for decades. Perhaps it is one we have always had, but more pronounced in one industry or another. It is accelerating quickly just as technology advances driven by synthetic intelligence, robotics, data availability and processing, and innovation singularity becomes accepted business practices. What is the problem, you wonder? Is it not enough housing? Is it too easy of credit? Is it a growing caustic politics or inappropriate human behaviors? Is it too many regulations or government inaction on the GSEs? Alas, for this discussion, it is something else. We have a perception problem. We have a skills problem. We have a problem with how to educate and train. We have a problem with those who teach change and disciplines. It is all circling around the fact that the average worker's age in the United States has gone from under 29 in the 1970s to nearly 45 in 2020. I am positive that there will be those reading this who dispel the challenges of an aging workforce. Yet the statistics of how poorly we are addressing age and the demand for reskilling can be witnessed in a singular EEOC statistic citing that over 6 in 10 workers older than 45 have experienced documented age discrimination. It's a bit perplexing within developed Western cultures that only in the cases of celebrated business leaders, for example, Branson, Buffett, Gates, Myers, Mars, are domestic new age innovation workers accepting of industry experience. That is a euphemism for those of us greater than 50. Would you believe that only 7% of those under 35 with next-gen skills view older workers as individuals who should be respected or emulated? And that includes those people who hired them. Section 1. The Facts About Evolving Workforces Yes, the boomers are retiring from their traditional career paths, but they are also still working well past their traditional retirement age of 65, out of desire, out of necessity, and out of the fact that we are living much longer. It is projected by several global symposiums, for example, the WEF, that if we don't retrain and utilize our aging populations, trillions of dollars of economic value will be lost, and large demographic segments will be further disadvantaged, dragging governments into greater social support and require them to print money that they really don't have. These research implications are noting that wealth gaps will grow and racial and culture diversity will suffer if the global markets continue to fracture and skilled personnel are locked into their origin countries. The growing base of facts and trends then raise many questions for corporate leaders, fintech companies, FSBOs, that is, financial services and banking organizations, lenders, agents, and anyone else that seeks to conduct business with aging workforces and their families. As workers desire and are expected to be in the enterprise delivery ranks longer, what will our operations do with existing personnel? How will enterprise leaders ensure that the aging workforces are not only incorporating new solutions and skills into their existing processes, but also operating at an outstanding efficiency ratio and exceeding customer expectation? How will existing workforces lead the initiatives for continuous disruptive innovation, all the while achieving high values of worker satisfaction? Many challenges surface on these complex questions with little historical forecasting able to eliminate the path forward. In the following graphic from an upcoming report dealing with professional redevelopment and reskilling, that is, the innovation predicament, it shows the complexity of situations beyond aging workforces and the demand for innovative skill sets regardless of industry, affiliation, political beliefs, or even wealth. See Figure 1. From all measurements, the accelerating announcements regarding advancements, for example, AI, machine learning, data sciences, KYM, which is Know Your Machine, have outdistanced in-house training and educational solutions. 
The skill complexity and employee applicability for inclusion into highly specialized customer models has never been more in question, as solutions hyper-accelerate creating voids of capabilities, which are needed to identify and manage growing synthetic intelligence solutions fueled by data, more data, and yes, more data. So what should an enterprise do? Fire everyone and start over? Outsource everything except the vision? Perhaps they should invest in full-time equivalents or FTEs using traditional retooling and reskilling methods. Or should we do something else? Section 2, the harsh realities for existing staff. If you subscribe to Bloomberg, a January 2020 article entitled Big Tech is Coming for Banking, Experts Predict FinTech's 2020, highlights 60 firms with near or over billion-dollar valuations who will transform segments of the financial services supply chain moving forward. Personally, it suggests that the disruptors and the investors who believe in them will be pressing traditional firms and lenders for not only markets and consumers, but also to radically shift workflows, data sciences, inductions and deductions, and, of course, how products and services are fulfilled. Yet, what do these new firms offer besides advanced innovative technologies? Are they substitutions for staff? Will their efficiencies, which are reducing the needs of traditional workers, become liabilities or transformation vessels ushering in new market leaders? However, even if this new generation could deliver innovations most sought after by consumers and FSBOs, who will be the program managers supervising the discrete implementation projects? Who will lead the transformation beyond the digitalization and into the next set of layered solutions requiring orchestration? How will the integration of new personnel assets alter the cultural makeups of the enterprise while also promoting reskilling across teams and not just with a select few? The harsh realities are not just with new hires. There are mountains of challenges already within the enterprise waiting for professional development to bring about new skills, lasting change, and relevant performance appraisals. Therefore, as we examine all the pressures on existing personnel to deal with continuous disruptive innovation, we need to also accept that the realities of the content and the method used to establish competencies as part of the enterprise reskilling must also change. Section 3. Where do we go from here? First, we must move beyond the slogans that current and prior management leaders have attempted to use when it comes to changing behaviors, instilling measurements, and altering product and service quality. We know from the decades of experience that the use of slogans and innovative names add little value to transforming enterprises, let alone transforming vast skill set bases. For instance, see Edward Deming. For managers seeking leadership high ground without doing the heavy lifting, the use of shifting paradigms borrowed from Tom Tapscott's book, the phrase thinking outside the box, derived from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and of course, the new phrase, deep diving from high-level learning, not yet claimed, is an attempt to provide the rallying cries to energize staff, but without substance and new disruptive learning techniques, they are simply hollow phrases. Next, if projections hold true to emerging trends, machine or synthetic intelligence will become a staple of many operational actions now performed by real humans. Making a hard distinction here, see the Samsung Neon Human Replicas introduced in CES 2020. And why the advice of HR personnel to staff often revolves around a, quote, take an AI class or two, end quote, to ensure relevancy. The out-of-context advice provides little return for employees and their corporations in the medium to long term. To conduct a proper reskilling effort within an enterprise, leaders must not only map out what discrete skill sets are needed for current and future innovations, but also what are the baselines for each member of the staff. Filtered against the information presented above, what are the opportunities? When compared against the future needs, how can transformative soft skills be inventory to promote improved reskilling internalizations while accepting the fact that future workers likely will be more polymath? 
As hiring and professional development departments increase their use of AI for employment screening, the result of trying to normalize human capability into buckets of those most likely to add value and be teachable may result in the exact opposite. In closing, while we will continue this discussion across additional articles, we can look back a decade and see a global firm held up by managers and academics as the standard to measure performance. The company I'm referring to here is General Electric. The idea up and out, the cookie-cutter approach to staffing, and the performance measures that drove out any employee variability boosted the short-term performance. But where is GE today from their storybook affair just a decade ago? Indeed, there is more, much more to discuss. Thank you for listening. This is Mark D'Angelo. Have a great day.